Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants. Hello and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, episode 136, Purge. I serve as your humble and also gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you have not already, could you be so kind to make sure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast? We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. We are there. Hit subscribe, write a review, give your baby boy some five stars. As y'all see, the baby boy done been busy. Okay, giving y'all the postseason Survivor 41 content. We had Zaddy Xander. We had Shan Stan podcast. So, you know, it feels like I haven't talked to y'all in a while, even though I've been talking to y'all. So I hope everyone has been well. I hope you guys enjoyed those interviews. You know, let your baby boy know what's going on. So I know y'all are thinking like, Bryce, why, why is the name of the podcast Purge? And you know, here on the Purple Pants Podcast, your baby boy always gives it to you real, raw, and honest. And I feel like the last couple of weeks haven't been like the greatest for me in the sense of last week was the eight year anniversary of my brother Bevan's death. And so always at the beginning of the year, it is exciting because it's a new year so you know you get in that like yes new year new me and then I quickly remember that like you know the second week um it becomes you know sad um you know you begin to mourn and mourning is a process eight years uh and I'm still mourning and so this year I really was like you know what I didn't know why my spirit was down last week. Um, You know, I just was like, not not down, but I just was like, yeah, just feeling like this heavy weight. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start purging. I want to move in the next year and a half. And I feel like where I'm currently living, you get to a place where you just acquire so many things. You don't know why you've got all of these things, but, you know, you just got all of these things. So I wanted to go into the new year purged. Um, And I thought maybe it would help 
just relieve that like heaviness in my spirit. And so like I started in my kitchen and I'm going through my cabinets and I'm just like, I haven't used this pot in three years. Why do I have it? You know, I've got a water bottle from when I went to Las Vegas that's under my counter. Like, why do I have it? And so the purge, I thought it would be a day worth of cleaning and purging, but it ended up, it ended up being like, a two week process. And, you know, I'm going through my dining room. I'm going through my clothes. And, you know, the saying, if you haven't worn in six months, you're probably not going to wear it. And child, for me, I have clothes from like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. Cause I'm the type of shopper where I buy summer clothes. Um, like for instance, like last year, I know y'all like, wait, wait, where are we going with this? But listen, just go with it. Like last year, summer, you know, all the clothes, all the stores had stuff. So I buy summer stuff, but I don't wear it that summer. I put it away. And then next year, summer, I wear those clothes that I bought because like, you know, I don't like to be wearing the same thing. Everybody got on so forth and so forth. But, you know, my weight fluctuates. Sometimes I am skinny mini. Other times I'm heavy bevy. So it is like, you know, some years I don't even get to wear some of the clothes that I bought. So I just, I have a lot of things. And so I was going to like donate the clothes to like, you know, the Red Cross or something. But I'm like, you know what? Let me see if there's anybody in my life. So I like text my little cousin. My little cousin was like, yeah, I was actually like shopping now. Baby, I didn't brought my cousin Joaquin over like, eight barrels of clothes and he was so appreciative and grateful and I'm just happy that I know it's going to somebody that's going to wear it and appreciate it but so I'm, I'm getting rid of clothes I'm getting rid of like knickknacks I got like CDs I'm like why do I still have CDs I try to pay Apple I pay Apple Music nine dollars a month and so I'm just really going through each room methodically just parting ways with different items and I'm realizing as I'm like throwing these things away I'm like why is this so hard for me and I realize it's like the memories that are attached to these things and like you know I'm like oh you know I wore this on my birthday four years ago it makes me feel like happy I was around people I love but I had to remember that the memories are inside of me and you know holding on to this garment or holding on to this keychain or holding on to this water bottle uh, won't erase the memory and so I'm I baby I did such a clean sweep of my home and I still have more to go but it definitely feels great and it just makes me think that you know outside of like material things in our bodies in our mind in our spirits we hold on to so many different emotions we hold on to so many different things and we need to purge sometimes sometimes we have to literally let those feelings go and so after I purged and I was like you know just feeling you know waking up in the morning you're like oh who cleaned this house feeling really good and I I think it was like Sunday night I had realized I was like oh my god tomorrow is the death of Bevan and it can be such a sad time and my mom really goes through it and I think that that's the part that hurts me the most is because there's nothing that I can do to comfort my mom because like she lost a child However, I wanted to challenge myself this year and I really wanted to be the upstanding son, the upstanding sibling. And I, I wanted to like challenge our family to to say that although we are mourning and we're sad, let's be appreciative for the 33 years that Bevan was on this earth. Um, let's be appreciative for the good times that we had. And during my purge of my home, 
I found my childhood camcorder. Okay, now back in the day, baby boy, listen, for, I think it was like my 12th, 13th birthday. I wanted a camcorder and my mom got me a camcorder and I would like document everything. I had like plays on there. I used to want to be like a weatherman. I used to make movies and uh, through the course of finding the camcorder um, and purging my home, I found like my videos to go with it. And so I'm like scrolling through my videos and it was like, oh my God, I felt like my brother's prom. And I remember when my brother went on his senior prom, um, I thought I remembered it. And then I like scroll through the video and there is like my grandmother, my uncle that passed away. There are like so many people in this film. And I was like, wow. So I started like making little clips and, you know, on Bevan's anniversary, I decided to like send them to my family members just to kind of like bring a new element to their grieving process to like, Hey, remember these good times. Remember like, you know, this and that felt my nephew's first birthday party on there. Just so many different things. And it really was, uh, I know that my mom was sad, but she had texted me and was just like, I haven't heard Bevan's voice in so long. And thank you so much for sending these to me. It really uplifted my spirit. And, you know, my one brother that I don't, you know, our relationship's a little rocky. I like sent it to him. And he's just like, you know, wow, this really brought me back. And he like, you're wearing my shirt in the video. So it really was just, um, not a great day, but it really was uplifting um, just to know that I could bring a smile to my family's face. And to me, again, it, it is all about the purging. And if I had not purged, I would have not found that those videos or I would have not unlocked those emotions. And so I encourage the Purple Pants Posse to purge, whether it is physically purging mentally purging but you know sometimes we got to get rid of those things and I know that we it can be a scary time to say like oh my god I'm gonna get rid of this and I'm gonna forget something but there is beauty in purging um and I hope that even like through this story like I would have never found those tapes that have like these memories of my family that honestly I would have forgot and sometimes in that process of purging you letting go can bring you to a new level or bring back memories or bring back something so I just encourage everybody to let it go purge don't hold on to that baggage moving forward and again a lot of the times the baggage is what's holding us back and so feel brand new, feel refreshed. But look, that was, you know, that was, just had to get that off my spirit. I don't know who need to hear that, but I am excited for this episode. Okay. On the menu this week, we got the church announcements. And then over the past couple of weeks, listen, I've been getting in the cheer. So I just wanted to give y'all my take on season two of Cheer. I wanted to give you a quick take on, you know, the first three episodes of Euphoria. And then we've got Miss Brooke Kamhai, the winner of Amazing Race season 29. We are breaking down episodes three and four of Amazing Race. Then Barb is back with Bob's message. Okay. And then we got Freak of the Week. So listen, and I forgot to also tell you, I had dropped an exclusive video on the Bryce Isaiah YouTube page. You know, y'all loved my Ozzy OnlyFans review. So, you know, in the comments, y'all kept saying, do more reviews of the OnlyFans. And y'all kept saying Michael Yerger. So go over there and head over to the Bryce Isaiah YouTube page. Subscribe and watch that Michael Yerger OnlyFans review video. And if it's any other OnlyFans, y'all think I need to review you on YouTube, let your baby boy know. But listen, I done done enough talking in this monologue. Let's get to purging.
it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. from Big Brother 23 and I want to invite you to House Chops, the first ever live food and watch experience as we watch Celebrity Big Brother February 2nd, 2022. Celebrity Big Brother is back and I'm partnering with Proper 21 for an awesome food and watch live party experience. I'll see you in Washington, D.C. Don't miss it. Check me out on Eventbrite to get your tickets. That's right, y'all heard it. The girl Aza is having a watch party in Washington, D.C. to celebrate the Celebrity Big Brother premiere. So listen, click the link in Aza's Instagram or Twitter and get your tickets and meet your baby boy there. It's a man who, it's a man you, eating potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who, it's a man you, eating potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. All right, y'all. So y'all know cheer phenomenon that took, you know, us by storm. I feel like almost a year and a half ago, two years ago. We met Navarro Valley. We met Monica, the head coach, and we really fell in love with cheer. We fell in love with Monica. We fell in love with Ladarius. We fell in love with Jerry, Gabby Butler, Morgan, all of them. And so season two of cheer came back out a couple of weeks ago and I've been slow walking it it took me a while to finish because shout out to my friend sarah who spoiled it and so i wasn't excited to watch the end but i really wanted to watch the end and spoiler alert i am going to be spoiling this so if you haven't seen it you might want to just fast forward but so season two is back okay cheer you know they're practically famous everyone knows them oprah endorsement deals and you know everyone loves navarro valley now we know they have been uh 
making headlines for some good reasons and some bad reasons. Uh, you know, we talked about Jerry on the casualty, Amon and I, and I, I'll kind of sort of get to that. So for my overall take on season two of Cheer, it's definitely good. Definitely still pulls on your heartstring. For me, I feel like all season one, you know, I really related to Ladarius. I really loved Gabby Butler. I loved Morgan. I loved Jerry. I was always on the fence about Monica. She's the head coach at Navarro Valley. And, you know, all season one, I'm all side-eyeing her like, do I really like her? Is she really for the kids? You know, and... By the end of season one, I was in love with Monica. Like, I appreciated her for everything that she was. Uh, You know, she wasn't the most warmest person at times. She was kind of mean. But we got to see her heart. And, you know, I, I was like, all right, I'm team Monica. Now, when I say I'm team somebody, I'm not, I don't just switch sides. You know, like, I rock out with you through the good, the bad, the ugly. And so we all know the headlines, you know, Monica was on Dancing with the Stars. Everyone loved Navarro Valley. These people, they getting millions and millions of followers, all these endorsement deals. And so they're practically famous. And so season two picks up where they are practicing for Daytona. But the tone in season two is different. It is almost as if I feel like the editors are like trying to make us not like Navarro and a lot of different ways. And one of the main ways is Navarro um, is, you know, they, they won last year. So they are the returning champions at the NCA. I'm probably saying that wrong, the, the, whatever, you know, in Daytona, but they introduce another college Trinity Valley. And they keep saying on the, um, on the thing right down the road and Trinity Valley has a black coach named Vonte. So, you know, I'm intrigued. However, I'm still team Monica and there are certain things that I like about Vonte and there are certain things that I don't like about Vonte. Um, and so we just see both of them practicing. We see that like Trinity Valley used to be like the the school to be Trinity Valley Trinity Valley was Navarro before Navarro was Navarro and so we see all of their like championships and you know and they are tired of being in the spotlight to Navarro so they like you know what we want we really want to showcase ourselves and so there are a lot of stuff that Vonte does that like kind of irks me a little bit in the sense there was like one pep rally where Navarro and Trinity they had a basketball game and of course the cheers go the cheerleaders and they're like it's more about the cheerleaders than the basketball team so uh, the one thing that I like about Monica is that Monica is classy like no matter what she's classy honorable and respectful and so when Navarro Valley lost Trinity Valley of course they was going crazy as they should but Vonte get up on the um on like get the little microphone it's like we won we won and so Monica instructs okay Navarro to like do our like little routine you know so they doing their routine and Vonte like but y'all lost but y'all lost I'm like what's the point of that you know, like, so it's like Vontae putting a bad taste in my mouth. However, we see Monica is not even there for fir- the first half of the season because Miss M- Miss Mamas 
is on Dancing with the Stars. And as we like get to see the different kids as they're in their dorms, we see the tension in like the main cheer people that have become famous. Gabby Butler, Morgan, Ladarius, uh, Jerry. And, you know, you get the shade comments from the other kids like at practice, like, well, we just here, you know, uh, well, we not start show. We see the kids in a dorm and some of the kids, the famous ones are doing cameo requests and you see like and the cameras like pan over and you get the side eye of the other kids. So it, it really gives us. It just paints them in a light where it's like you don't want to root for them because it's almost as if like it's going to their head. But I say. It should go to the head. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, like this came out of nowhere. And so, like, I'm not going to not like them because they got this notoriety and this attention. Like, for anything, it's going to make me want to see, like, where's the work ethic? What they doing? So, Monica's not there because she's dancing with stars. Then she come back. Then she got this other assistant coach. Ladarius don't really like her. Um, and so then Ladarius dramatically leaves the season and goes on live and is spilling all of the tea. And mind you, what I thought was so funny was that like a year and a half ago, when like we were during quarantine and pandemic and my sleeping patterns were like all over the place. I really I was up like six o'clock in the morning and I saw that Ladarius was doing a live. And so we see they show like footage of the live in the documentary. And I'm like, oh, my God, like I watched that live live. So, you know, it just really kind of sort of paints us to be like, oh, Navarro, they famous. They don't like, you know, they change. And I didn't necessarily like that in the edit because it's like we spent so much time loving Navarro Valley. Now, then we go over to Trinity Valley and, you know, we see Devante. We hear his story about how he didn't necessarily want to be a cheerleader. He wanted uh, to play football or basketball. However, like, you know, it was any way for him to get out of his situation and the environment that he was and cheer offered him this opportunity. And Trinity Valley seems to be a little bit more. um, They've got a lot more people of color on their team. Um, And yeah. So over the course of the time, I start to gain more respect for Devante and I start to like him uh, more and more, but it's still C Monica period. Another common thread that I was seeing on Twitter um, was that Devante has a lot of uh, like black tumblers, especially like and they called them like the whinies. It's like uh, this guy named D who I really, really love. Um, and a couple of other people uh, like this, like this three like young black heterosexual men. And that's another difference in Navarro and Trinity is that it seems that Monica really goes for like the energetic, the performers. Uh, and a lot of them happen to be gay. And even they, they touch upon it where there's one scene where D Devon, uh, D the young tumbler, um, he is like, I wanted to come to Trinity Valley because they seemed a little more like masculine and a little more like chiller than Navarro. And I was like, oh, you know, you know, and then uh, D, when he performs, doesn't like to smile. Um, he doesn't really consider himself a cheerleader at the start of this. And so a lot of people were giving him a, a hard time on Twitter and the social medias. But I 
kind of sort of gave him grace and I kind of understood where he was coming from in the sense of, you know, I'm always talking about representation. I think that it's great that we get to see like gay black men. But I also think on the flip side to see a heterosexual black man going into a predominantly like sport that has a lot of like gay men. I think that it's important to hear his side of the story and like how he feels about different things. And so for me, it was just like, I like to hear where they're coming from. And he is a young man. He's got a lot of growing and maturing uh, to do. And so I, I just thought that that was ultimately interesting. And of course, like, you know, in my opinion, like we fall in love with D they also had this other alum named uh, Jared or uh, Jerron Hazel. He was on Trinity Valley and, you know, we also got to see the pandemic. And so they, performed and were ready to compete last year however you know miss mamas and the covid happened and so a lot of the people were unable to cheer and so they talk about that because some of the people like graduated um and weren't on the mat or on the cheer but that was another thing that was a common thread so this is a junior college two years i'm just confused as to how gabby butler's still here how many associates degrees does she have like that's the one thing that i don't understand about this when they are like recruiting these kids there was another uh black tumbler named uh jada we loved jada there was also angel rice who kills it who really could be going to any top university and so for me what i don't understand is like what is the draw to go to these junior colleges. I understand that these they're, they're big names in the gymnastics and cheer world, but like, what's the incentive? Like, I don't get that. Um, so, you know, we get to see that and then we get to see them preparing for Daytona, all of that good stuff. Spoiler alert, Trinity Valley wins. Um, and it is, if you watch the season or watch any of the episodes, it, it's very clear, very evident. Like, I, I just wish in the edit of this season of Two of Cheer, I really wish that they were a little bit more fair to Navarro. Like, they just painted Navarro in such not a great light that it was like, you're, you're literally like, they're, it's like they are forcing you to root for Trinity Valley. And I was very resistant to it because I'm like, I'm seeing Monica. But, you know, Trinity Valley, oh, another thing. Trinity Valley traditionally has been very like regular degular like you know they they do great tumbles they do great stunts but they don't necessarily perform now Monica's whole little formula has been we're going to do the stunts but we're going to give you a show we're going to have a million things going on and you know the motto if you can't beat them join them so Trinity Valley <laughs> Trinity Valley went and hired the choreographer that used to be Monica's choreographer Ooh. and so Trinity Valley essentially just did a Navarro routine and it got them to win now I don't know how I feel about that because I feel like you just jack you're jocking a style and I I'm not necessarily a fan of somebody like biting somebody else's ish because it's like, you know, I like originality. I, 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 you know, so that kind of rubbed me a little bit the wrong way, but no doubt Trinity Valley, I don't know why I keep adding that validity, but no doubt Trinity Valley, <laughs> I did it again. No doubt Trinity Valley deserved to win. They killed it. 
they just like, you know, they deserve to win. And what I like about this is that I feel like now Navarro becomes the underdog. And so I'm so curious to see uh, if there is a season three, what it will give. And if, you know, Navarro will be the underdogs that like, you know, it's all in the editing. And then the last thing that I wanted to talk about on Cheer was the Jerry situation. You know, Jerry um, was arrested for soliciting minors and they had like the young, the, the two boys that Jerry was harassing, soliciting for photos and uh, propositioning himself on the show. And I don't know how I felt about that. Like, I think it's great for victims to speak out and to have a platform. I, I, I don't know. Just the whole Jerry thing was really uncomfortable. And I felt as though like cheer and Netflix, like use that to like get people to watch because baby, you've start the first episode. It's all about Jerry. And then the Jerry episode is named Jerry. And yeah, like they, yeah, there's no doubt that Jerry needs to be in jail, and what he did is absolutely wrong. I just it, it's something about like the the victims that they have on the show. And again, I am not saying this to like victim shame anybody because I feel like listen, speak out, speak your truth. But it, it, I don't know if it gives like trying to like i don't know i I, y'all know the road i'm trying to go there i don't know it just was weird to have like i don't know it just felt just uncomfortable to have them in there and i'm not saying like them telling their story was uncomfortable just to me it seemed like they wanted to tell their story and wanted to be like let's become famous like you know it just was and especially like there was like one attorney um that was on there that like was a victim of that gymnast uh, who like sexually assaulted millions of girls. Like that attorney was on there. And some of the stuff that she was saying was just like, you know, Monica had issued a statement, which to me seemed kind of like perfectly like, you know, a statement. She was ripping the statement apart, saying this and that. It just was like, just really, I just, the whole Jerry situation was sad and just really uncomfortable to watch. Um, but like I, I applaud the boys for speaking out because I think that it is important. Um, there are a lot of people victim shame. A lot of people say that it didn't happen. And so I, I applaud them for that. Um, the only thing that I hope for in this Jerry situation is that. And again, you do the crime, you pay the time, like you're soliciting 16 and 15 year old boys. And I think they said in a deposition that he even like had oral sex with not the boys that were on the show, but uh, other children. So, yeah, I, you got, you, yeah, I, there zero tolerance for that. I just want for us to hear Jerry's story, not like his story about what happened, but I, I just want to know about his past. Um, and maybe that's just the social worker in me. And I know that in the field of children, uh, child welfare that I've dealt with, a lot of children that abuse other children were abused children. And so I'm just in, in my own mind, 
wanting to know like what is Jerry's story and I know that on Cheer like season one we didn't see his family he stayed with like friends family and that's like who he currently was staying with so I just for me I'm just curious to know what was Jerry's upbringing what was his trauma because it's very clear and very evident that he has a type and an age range um and again I I feel like in the the work that I have done in child welfare I wonder if that is around the age that like if Jerry ever got abused, just that's just the social worker mind in me kind of uh, going. But yeah, the Jerry episodes were extremely hard uh, to watch and uncomfortable uh, just because yeah, it it just was just, just icky. Um, But overall, I felt like cheer was a great season. Um, I kind of like hesitated to watch, to finish it. I got all the way to the end, but I just was like, Ugh, knowing that Trinity Valley won, it just kind of like took the, the oomph of me wanting to watch it uh, away. So if y'all seen cheer, let me know what you think. Let me know what you think on my reviews of it. I, I would appreciate it. Then I just want to jump real quick to euphoria. Y'all have not been watching euphoria you are definitely missing out season two has started we got three episodes in and let me just say euphoria is not disappointing uh we covered it season one here on the purple pants podcast okay and i feel like because of covid and it has been such a long time it's almost been two years since the last season of euphoria i feel like anybody that has not watched it you might be at an advantage to watch season one and go right into season two because I have to do a lot of research uh, because I remember the characters. I remember the characters that I like, but there are certain like storylines and plots that I forget. But the show is centered around Rue. She's a high school student who happens to be a very active drug addict. Uh, she just does a lot of different things. We learn in season one, like her dad passed, but she was a, a troubled youth and um, she goes to get help. But you know, she don't really stop using the drugs. Uh, she kind of falls in love with Jules, who is a trans female on the show. And again, I love the representation of Jules. And for me, it's Jules glow up from season one to season two. Okay. Uh, she looks beautiful. She always looks beautiful, but like, I just feel like I just even love more to see Jules and like who Jules is. So we've got the Rue and the Jules character. We know that they wanted to be together at the end of season one, but Jules wanted to go to school in New York. So she got on the train, left Rue. But here we are, season two. It seemed like Jules is back. I'm like, okay, I guess y'all just kind of sort of dish that storyline. Then there is Nate. He is the like football, the captain of the football team who everybody seems to love. He's got this girlfriend. We learned that Nate's dad who is like a very prominent man in the town. He a little freaky freaky. Okay. Um, Nate's dad and Jules had a sexual encounter. Jules was like on a dating app, met up with the dad. They had a little nasty, nasty. The dad recorded it. Uh, Nate kind of sort of finds out about not necessarily Jules, but about his dad being a little freaky freak. Um, and the dad possibly being gay or bisexual. Um, and then his girlfriend, finds the tape of jewels and so that's a whole thing um but on the most recent episode of euphoria which i thought was good was we got to see nate's dad's story about like you know him in 
high school, him having a best friend, him being in love with his best friend. But, you know, he was still dating Nate's mom and just kind of sort of exploring his sexuality. And we see that, like, we don't really know what happened to the best friend. We do know that while they were in high school, Nate's dad's girlfriend got pregnant. And it kind of sort of like really outlines the relationship between Nate and his dad. It doesn't seem like Nate and his dad have like the most loving relationship ever. Um, we also see that Nate was obsessed with Jules on the first season. Um, it first seemed like he started off stalking her, sending her nasty messages. Um, well, not nasty messages, but like sending these encrypted messages where Jules was like falling in love with this person over the phone. Then she met up and it was Nate. And it seemed like Nate was almost threatening to her. And But we were like, okay, does Nate like jewels or like you know but they have seemed to like drop that storyline or in the first three episodes of the season of euphoria we haven't really gotten there then we get fresco okay my baby daddy fresco is the drug dealer friend of rue who we love you know he's into a lot of different things um First season, we see like, you know, he kind of is Rue's supplier, but he also kind of sort of has a crush on Rue, but he doesn't want to supply Rue with drugs anymore. Um, but you know, he in a lot of ish. However, in season two, we really get to see how he became the person that he is, which is his grandmother. She was that. Okay, Shane, like, you know, she was that. If any of you watched, uh, Sons of Anarchy, she gives off Gemma. And the grandmom got sick. And so Fresco had to kind of sort of like step up and, you know, get the money for the house. He also has this little brother named Ash. Okay, Ash don't play. Now, Ash became his brother because somebody owed his grandma money and they gave their child Ash up for collateral and they never paid up or they just never like they essentially just left Ash. So like the grandmother has taken care of Ash. So listen, fresh going Ash. Whew, I, I, I just love the, the dynamics of this storyline that is going on that we're seeing this season. And Nate and Fresco don't like each other uh, due to somewhat of the the Rue and the Jewel situation because Nate was bothering them. And so we seen last episode or last season, Nate said, next time I see you, I'm going to kill you. So they was at a party and listen, Fresco, boom, boom. He did the little beat up, okay, of Nate. And so Nate is in the hospital. Nate, daddy, is like, who did this to you? I want to know who did this to you. Okay, but Nate ain't telling. But the daddy is going around to the friends trying to figure out who it was. Now, we also get into the friend group of Cassie, Maddie, and Lexi. Okay, Cassie and Lexi are sisters. They've got somewhat of an alcoholic mom. Lexi is like the... She, I would say the smarter sister. Cassie is more of like the, she's always had a boyfriend. She's into like, you know, fashion, like, you know, that type. <clears throat> and so her best friend is Maddie. Maddie is dating Nate. Nate and Maddie don't have a great relationship, you know, cause Nate is just Nate, abusive, weird, whatever. But season one starts off with Cassie being mad at Maddie and Lexi and the party that got that Nate got beat up at. Um, everyone is going to that party. Rue is there. Uh, Rue meets a new friend that she's doing drugs with that, you know, an interesting kind of sort of relationship happens with him, Jules and Rue. But anyway, so Cassie left Maddie and Lexi because whatever for a fight. And uh, she's like sitting on side of the row and Nate comes and picks her up. And, you know, one thing leads to another and Maddie, not Maddie, Cassie and Nate start doing a nasty in the bathroom and then somebody got used the bathroom and guess who it is? 
is Maddie, they girlfriend. So Cassie got a high in the bathtub. Wow, listen, it's just a lot. Now Cassie then developed feelings for Nate. They doing it every Friday. And, you know, she's holding this like regret or like, you know, not wanting to tell Maddie, uh, although like Nate and Maddie were on a break when they did it. So it's not like she like broke girl cold, but that's still your best friend, girl. So that's going on. But so Nate daddy goes to Cassie and Lexi house because he like using his influence, like who did this to my son? And so Cassie being the weak one says that it's fresco. So the daddy goes to Fresco's, uh, like he on like a little gas station, little corner store, but it ain't really a corner store because everything outside. So the daddy pull up and like he's like buying stuff and Maddie happens, uh, Lexi happens to be there. Now I told you that Nate daddy went to Cassie and Lexi's house asking them and Lexi wasn't giving up no tea because also at the party Fresco was kind of kicking a little game to Lexi and Lexi kind of liked it because first of all Fresco Fresco the hood type okay and Lexi is like you know the in school the study sister sister but first of all I ain't like it because Fresco need to be pushing up on me and not Lexi so Lexi um, has this infatuation with Fresco so when the daddy came to the house she wasn't spilling no tea it was Cassie so when the dad pulls up on Fresco at the gas station Maddie is there I see this is another thing that kind of sort of pissed me off about Maddie. She should have gave Fresco the drop right then and there because uh, the daddy is just walking around asking a lot of suspicious questions and Fresco like, can I help you? Like, what's up? But listen, Ash was in the back. He went and got the cereal. He got the and was re- ready to shoot. So then that was that weird interaction. Then the daddy was like stalking them at Nate's at, uh, at Fresco's house, okay? And again, Ash came with the VIP. He had the shotgun, boop! Hit the dad over the head, brought him in the house. And so, Nate, they're essentially, like, interrogating him. And they, like, like, what do you want with us? And so, Nate Daddy is like, I know, you know, you got the tape of me and Jules. And Fresco, like, you and Jules? Fresco don't know none of this because also, after... Cassie told the daddy that it was Fresco and he went to the gas station to see Fresco. Then the daddy went to Nate. Ooh, child. Okay, listen, I got stuff falling out the ceiling. It's getting good. The daddy went to Nate and was like, why you ain't tell me it's that little drug dealer boy that beat you up? So, okay, Nate said, okay, you want to play? This why? Because you know how you like to have sex with my classmates, Jules? Yeah, I know. And you like to make videos? Yeah, I know. And so the dad's like, do you have the video? Because the dad got this little secret room in season one that we seen that, you know, Nate took it out and then the girlfriend got it. Um, the dad know the tape is missing. And so Nate says that he has it. Fresco has it. But we know that Fresco don't really have it. We know that Maddie has it. And we know that Maddie kind of sort of holding it over his head. So that's why the daddy is now pressed about Fresco. So then when he was stalking him at the house and Ash then pulled out the and now they interrogating him. Fresco is like, what do you and your son's obsession with Jules have? He's like, Nate was obsessed with Jules. The daddy didn't know that. And he like, I don't have the tape. And so the daddy get smart uh, and Ash, boom, hit him in the head. 
The daddy gets smart again. Boom. Ash hit him in the head. Ash like you in no position. Okay. To be talking ish. And ooh, okay. Ooh, get a little hot. Cause I listen. Ash is that bull. Okay. I love Ash. Okay. I love Fresco. Ash, my brother-in-law. Cause listen, Fresco is my baby daddy. So now the dad knows that like, okay, Fresco didn't know anything about anything. And then Nate is lying. So listen, if y'all thought this story plot was good, I'm missing out a couple of other people. There's Angel, all these other people. But listen, you just got to get into it for yourself. Euphoria does not disappoint. And listen, you know how a lot of like shows on HBO on like, you know, these premium channels when nudity comes about, they're always just showing the women's breasts or like a full nude woman body. Listen, you ain't got to worry about that on Euphoria because Euphoria loves to show a penis. OK, and I'm not saying that's why I like to watch the show because the show is good. But. If y'all want to show some penises, I mean, I'm a watch. So listen, Euphoria season two is amazing. It is on HBO, comes on Sunday nights, nine o'clock. You got HBO Max, start with season two and, you know, catch on up. And mind you, I am going back and just watching season one because there are a lot of like things that are happening in season two that I'm just kind of sort of out of the loop. But listen, woo, I'm trying to tell you it's Euphoria. Now let's keep this make you rolling. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Keep it the menu rolling. Keep it the menu rolling. Keep it the menu rolling. Keep, 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 keep it rolling. And we are back with your tar for the week. Tar as an amazing race. Okay, listen, we took a week off, but we back. I've got my Brookie Poo, the winner of Amazing Race, season 29. Hey, Brooke. Hey, Bryce. How you doing? I am good. I was excited because I, I knew that we were going to go on a little week hiatus. So I saved all the Amazing Races to watch them together like it was a premiere episode. And I, um, whew, my heart was breaking for one episode then my heart renewed then I'm just like turned into Tyra Banks we were rooting for you we were all rooting for you so it, yeah it's it's a lot going it's on it's good that you watched it together honestly because you had the experience that I had when I watched Game of Thrones like many years after it finished and spoiler alert like Jon Snow dies and everyone had to wait a year for him to come back to life but I saw it 10 seconds later so you saw who got eliminated and then they had to wait 19 months and I had to wait a week, but you had to wait but a minute to right. see what happened and who came back and who didn't come back. Yes. And I also feel like more teams didn't come back than teams that came back. Yeah. A lot of people didn't come back, but we do know why. And we will talk about it. Yeah. And um, we got 
answer straight from the mouths of, I want to say the horse's mouth, but that seems like not a nice term, but you know what I mean. It's not a mean term. Straight from the horse's mouth, you know. So let's talk about it. Yes, let's talk about, well, I mean, I guess we should maybe give us a a quick rundown of the pre-COVID leg, the pre-last COVID leg. I'm glad that you watched that more recently than I did because I watched it a week ago. And I have my notes because, you know, know, Brooke take her notes, honey. I do take notes. It's the lawyer in me. But um, yeah, let's talk about leg three. We'll do a little a little on leg three and then a little bit more on 19 months later on leg four. So so leg three, the teams, if you remember, they'd been in London because why not start in maybe the easiest? No, I'm going to be positive. Caliente Cam High could come on out. Okay, so you know how I feel about the English-speaking country to start and how I feel that it's it's easy. But okay, fine. So everyone gets on a train. They go from London. They're going to Glasgow. They're going to Scotland for a self-drive leg, which I am excited about. I love a self-drive leg. I am very into it because you know people are going to flip out and you know people mm-hmm. are going to do things wrong the cars and get screwed up. Exactly. So everyone's on on the same train. Penn's laughing about how small the compartments are. Kayla and Raquel, the flight attendants, are are into it because they live like this on an airplane. Spencer makes some comment about it being a better train than the last train that they were on because we can joke about it. And um, everyone gets to Scotland and their next clue is on the windshield of their very own stick shift vehicle. Yeah. Right. People were surprised that they were going to have to drive a stick shift. Like anyone who's gone to Europe knows that that is... The automatic is not your norm. The stick shift is your norm. Right. And here's my thing. Why are you on Amazing Race if you don't have a driver's license? Okay. I didn't even think you could be on the Amazing Race without a driver's license. We had to get international driver's licenses. I still have mine in my little Amazing Race, you know, shadow box. It's expired, whatever. But I didn't think you could go on the race without a license. They must have made an exception for Caro because they really wanted to cast this team. But what if there was a roadblock where you had right. to drive? I, I don't understand it, but not only does she not know how to drive stick, girl can't drive. She doesn't drive. So she's relying on her partner, who we all know this is Ooh. not the best matchup, to do all of the driving. It could Some of the legs that we had to drive were hours and hours and hours. You want to switch. They would not okay. be able to switch. I don't think that's right. But And we do learn that her partner... Ray has taken a whole two weeks of stick shift driving lessons. <laughs> so, you know, they're going to be so great. I'm not serious. They were not so great. But yeah, do we really need to talk about them so much? Because they're not they're not long for this long for this race. Um, so everyone goes driving. Akbar is psyching himself up, even though he's not doing great. I I've seen a little bit of I don't want to say hate, like disappointment in Akbar and Sherry from like the people online. Mm-hmm. I disagree. I disagree. Like, so here's my thing with Akbar and Sherry. I love Sherry. Point blank, period. I just feel like Akbar is extremely too hard on Sherry. And I feel like when the roles are reversed, when he's not doing that great, Sherry is nothing but compassion and like support. So I, I could see where the disdain in the fans would come from, but it's definitely not Sherry. It's Akbar. I hear you. And I see what you're saying. Sherry is is a light of, of joy and happiness. And I love her, especially in the second episode we're going to talk about. Akbar, I see it a little differently. I really like him. I don't think he's actually... I can see how people would think he's being very hard on her. I see it a little bit differently because 
at least for me, when I am struggling with someone, I need someone less so to be like, you know, great. Like I like, I like how he tries to psych her up, but you know, everyone feels differently about how they feel. I think you can see the love between them. I don't think he's trying to be anything other than supporting her in a way that would make him do better. I think that's just how he would want it. And so that's why he thinks he, let me say it like this. When Scott and I were on the race, I would try and psych him up by being like, you're doing so good. And he's like, I don't need to hear that. That's not that's not how I respond. And I think he's talking to her like he would need to be talked to. Yeah, that ain't my love language. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. OK, that's listen, I, I man, I need sometimes I do need a good kick in the butt, but I also need compassion and care. And I, I doesn't seem to be equal playing fields. And so I just yeah, I, I'm good. I, I'm sure Akbar is a, a great person and I'm sure the pressure gets to him. But uh, yeah, you're a bit hard on Sherry. She ain't a D1 athlete no more. <laughs> Okay. Come on, Sherry. Come on, Sherry. Come on, Sherry. That's Sherry to herself. Come on, Sherry. No, Come I really on, love Sherry. her. Yes, I love Sherry. So we'll get back to them a little later. We got Kayla and Raquel who are kicking butt at driving stick shift. They are so happy and so supportive and just giggly. And you know, you would think that I would find this annoying, but I don't. I like them so much. I'm not even annoyed by the fact that they're like so into themselves and so high on themselves. And I'm a fan. So cool with that. Uh, Taylor and Isaiah are lost. Aruda and Natalia are lost. <laughs> Lulu and Lala and Sam and Connie. I don't even know how they did because they're hardly shown driving, but I'm sure they did fine because they got to where they were going. And then Kim and Penn do fantastically driving. And she somehow has like super duper vision spots the clue box from the back seat with her head right. down, like no problem. And they're in the lead and they stay there and they get to the roadblock. And I like this roadblock. This is Dealing with, I, I have like an unhealthy love for bagpipes. I don't know why. I've never played them. I just think they're soothing to listen to. Some people think they sound like dying animals. I find them soothing. So I thought this is a pretty cool task that they had to do. Put the bagpipe together and play a note. Right. You don't have to play it well or on key, but you had to be able to hold some note. And everyone seemed to do it. This is, okay, so I'm, I'm very into this episode, but I do have one little gripe is that these tasks, people are completing them very, very quickly. First try. <laughs> okay. I'm soothed. You ain't know I had a bagpipe. Okay. <laughs> I closed my eyes and I enjoyed that. People are probably cringing and I just, I like it. Yeah. It, for me, the bagpipe challenge was definitely the easier of the two. Well, this uh, one was not an of the two. This was Oh, roadblock. this was just, okay, right. okay, okay. This is, uh, Kim Come did on, it. Note. Dusty and Spencer did it. They're, Dusty and Spencer, I'm calling them Dusty and Spencer. Are like a team. Dusty, Ryan, Spencer, all four of them are a team of four. They're working together on everything. And they're helping each other with everything, which is fine. But eventually that was going to be a problem. But not really, because only one of the teams comes back. I mean, so anyway. Listen, and I, I'd help Anthony with anything, so. And Ryan, so listen, <laughs> all hands on deck are on me. Okay. Well, maybe you shouldn't because then you would be the Natalia who comes in and helps Raquel and Sam with the bagpipe challenge, and it comes back to bite Ooh. her in the butt because while well, it's nice to help people, Arun is yelling from the side, "Don't help so much," because you know these people are against us. And Natalia's like, "No, karma is good; it'll come back and help us." Mm, um, well, we'll see if that happens for anyone well, right. seen the Well, Arun need to work on. Uh, listening to directions. Yeah, they get lost everywhere. <laughs> That's like, can if they go the right way, it's it's 
That would be a miracle. Um, so anyway, everyone gets through this. Caro does it. Ray's cheering for her for a second. I think, hey, maybe these two crazy kids have a chance. No, they don't. We know they don't. Um, and everyone does fine. Akbar again, he does this one. I thought he's very cute talking himself up. And and I I think Akbar and Sherry are my other favorites. I really enjoy them, despite some people thinking that he's very hard on her. So the roadblock is fairly straightforward. Everyone leaves basically in the order that they came to the roadblock in. And then when they're done with the roadblock, they have to drive to this fountain at Alexandria Park. And most of the teams don't have any trouble finding it, or if they do, editing doesn't show it. Um, Kim and Penn are still in the lead, and they stay there. And Arun and Natalia get so lost this time that they have time to discuss why Natalia shouldn't be helping other teams. And so... You know this is some foreshadowing to what's going to happen at the end of the episode because the editors don't do anything by accident. And this is where you have your, this is the point where we have the detour and we have the two tasks. Yeah, I thought the the two tasks were great. Mm -hmm. I liked them too. We had the kilt or rebuilt. And in kilt, they had to sing and dance to some, honestly, I thought this song was not in English when I first heard it. And then you listened closely and you realize it's just a very thick Scottish accent that somebody was talking with. Yes. And so, and the little kids that were dancing with them and were adorable, singing with them were adorable. And so you have Kim and Penn, Lulu and Lala, Taylor and Isaiah, and Akbar and Sherry, and ultimately Natalia and Arun, who do this half of the detour. What did you think of the kilt side? Um, I thought the kilt side was fun. I, again, I feel like uh, the judges, I feel like it gets less strenuous as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but I don't remember my kilt. For, but but so something, I forgot the words, but they was, uh, <laughs> it was good. <laughs> I don't remember my kilt. She was quite the Scottish brogue there, sir. I yes. can't do it. <laughs> she does, and then she forgot, but I won't forget my kilt. Okay. They had Can you say trousers? Trousers. <laughs> okay, with Very the little nice. Scottish. Ki- Listen, but uh, Kim and Penn was killing it. I was Nailed like, it. yes. And you know what? I like that Penn had the self awareness to be like, I'm being a little bit of a diva. Like they didn't get it on the first try, and you could see that he was like, he's like, but what is that? No, hold on. Right? They didn't tell me this. I and, and honestly, I I think he's probably right because we had a task in Greece where I was convinced I did something right on the first try. And then they told me there was like a little extra kick with your foot. And I was like, nobody told me that beforehand, but fine, we'll do it on the second try. So, but he was very, very, he was a little self-deprecating. He's like, I'm being a bit of a diva. I get it. So I like that he can call himself out and realize that he's being a bit much. And so I, they did great and they were in and out of there. Boom. Lulu and Lala did, I guess, great because they were hardly shown. So they were in and out of there. And Taylor and Isaiah come in and channel their inner Miss Janet. And do fantastically. And I am such fans of theirs and I'm rooting for them. And then I get sad after 19 months. But I I was jumping on their bandwagon. Like I wanted them to last for a very long time. Yes. I like their energy that they brought. They're fun. And, you know, again, for me, representation of a black queer male couple is just uh, uh, exciting. Yeah, I I enjoyed them. I really enjoyed um, Natalie and Rune in the sense of they started at the one barrel John. And Arun was like, we can't do this. It's, you know, I, but again, I'm of the mindset of, and I feel like it was like last season's Amazing Race when they had to stack the watermelons. Like, I just feel like I'm not giving up. Like, I, I rather like, cause I, you don't know how far it is. Right. So, and he know. said, I, can, I won't be able to remember a song. We don't dance. Like, they, he was saying the reasons they shouldn't do the other side of this detour. If someone's telling you, like, 
I have, my memory sucks. Like I'm not gonna be able to do this. Like maybe stick it out for a little bit longer and see if you could do the physical task. You could both do it together. It wasn't right. like only one person could do it. So I think this was a mistake for them to switch. It obviously was a mistake for them to switch, but the rebuilt side, basically what we're talking about is the rebuild side is your team of two had to work together. At, they're, they're called Coopers. And what they do is they have to basically take apart and put together a new top on a whiskey barrel. And so Dusty Ryan, Spencer Anthony, that team of four does it. Kayla and Raquel do it and they nail it again. Yes. They I didn't think the, they were going to be able to do it. And I'm like, why not? They were the only girl team, all girl team who did it. And they did a great job. Sam and Connie were hardly shown, but they do super well. They get in and out of there and fourth. They jump a spot. Ray and Caro whatever like they're just <laughs> fighting but they do fine but you can just tell you can tell he's over her like just watching him you can tell he's like just he's happy well like i mean yeah just that whole scene of him on the highway stalling out and she crying now mind you her crying was getting on my nerves a little bit but for him to have to park the car and get out and like walk it off and then here she come trying to like console him and he like mm-hmm. just get off of me like oh i can't even decide whose side i'm on like, I, I feel bad that he's, like, pushing her off, but at the same time, like, let him have a minute. But I, I don't know. The beauty is we don't have to decide because they're not here anymore. Right. So, <laughs> right. So Natalia and Arun say they can't do this. They go to do the other side. I am cheering and cheering and cheering for them. But the thing is, Taylor and Isaiah, the thing about them that's so great is they're at the back and they know they're at the back, but they're still so positive and so high energy and we're still having fun with it that... But not wasting time. So the problem is everyone's heading to the pit stop and the teams at the back are all teams that I really like. And so at the pit stop at the University of Glasgow, which is like the fourth oldest university in the English speaking world. So, of course, I go and look up number one, Oxford. I start looking things up because I'm a weirdo. So (laughs) Kim and Penn get there first. They win a trip to Cape Cod, which I guess is nice, but it's like Turks and Caicos, like people in my season went to the Galapagos Island. I mean... Okay, like, okay. So they win a trip to Cape Cod. You have Dusty Ryan, Spencer, and Anthony check in second and third. Because of course they do, because they're doing everything together. You have Connie and Sam who come in fourth, and I'm loving that. You have Ray and Caro who come in fifth, and he's shocked they finished so high. But like in their post-leg interview, you can just tell by the way he's looking at her in the camera. And she's like, you know, we're working out our kinks so that we can be great together in the future. And you could just tell, like, you can read his mind where he's like, <laughs> there's no future. Right. So, yeah. And then you have Raquel and Kayla, Lulu and Lala, Tyler and Isaiah. And here's where I start to cry because <sighs> right on the way to the pit stop, you have a rune. They stop for directions and he starts to cry because he mm. thinks he's letting his daughter down. So he's crying and I'm crying. And then she says she can't be more proud of him. And then she's crying. And so he's crying. And so I'm crying. There's something about seeing a dad cry. Yeah. It just like, right? It tugs at your heartstrings. And especially like for him being like, this is like the last thing. I don't know why people get like this, especially dads. Like, you know, when you get married, like they feel like they're giving their daughter away. And like, you know, so like for him, this was like his last hurrah with like his baby girl. And so on that regard, when he was like trying not to let her see that he was crying, but clearly he was like very upset that I I was just like, oh, don't like. Like now I'm crying now. It's it's all very sad. Don't send him home. Well, but but Bryce, the only other option at this point is they're going to send home Akbar and Sherry and I love them so much. So uh, what's like, not like as serious as Sophie's choice, but it's like this proverbial Sophie's choice of who has to go home. So, you know, Akbar and Sherry gets the mat and Akbar is crying and he's all, we'll never give up because there are people in bad situations and they don't give up. So we don't give up. And, 
And Phil's having fun messing with them a little bit. So they're second to last. And that leaves Natalia and Arun. And so they go home or do they? Oh. Right. Because what will happen in the last five minutes of the episode is something we don't we've obviously never seen because they've never shut production down in the middle of the season. But we get to see the behind the scenes of when the show announced to the cast that they were shutting down and that everyone was going home and that they were going to try and return when it was safe to do so. So cut to 19 months later in Switzerland, um, they show five teams come running back in and we finally get to have their starting line moment, which I think is cool because they didn't get to have it at the beginning of the season. So this this episode ends no, not knowing who's back, who's not back. And it's a cliffhanger for a week or for a minute if you're Bryce and you watch <laughs> them back to back. And then that's how episode three ends. And episode four starts with we have Kim and Penn. Yes. And Lala. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Akbar and Sherry. Yes. Love it. Dusty and Ryan. Yes. And I say only Dusty and Ryan because they're no longer a team of four. And Raquel and Kayla come running back in all looking fit and fantastic. All yes. Some of them could have done a little bit more on their time off. And that's it. So are we going to run the race with five? Are we going to bring back some people? What happens to the people that that are gone? And so I found out a little bit about what happens to the people yes. who were gone. Spill, so Spill it. Yeah. So Connie and Sam had a baby. Oh. A baby, baby Elijah. So that's why they didn't come back. Totally valid reason. Fair. Okay quarantine baby yeah and then you have um ray and caro who you know clutch your pearls broke up shocker you're not shocked that's fine and then we (laughs) then we have spencer anthony yes what happened to them there was talk of an injury there was talk of scheduling spencer um went online and started talking that uh anthony got a new job and they wouldn't or a promotion at his job and they wouldn't let him take the time off and they'd like to come back another time i don't I mean, I was prepared to quit my job when I went on the race, but that's not a luxury that everybody has. So they was scheduling mm-hmm. with a new job and they couldn't come back, which is very unfortunate because I thought that they stood a chance to go all the way. Listen, we just like to see Anthony, okay? Well, you got to find yourself a new favorite. And then we have Taylor and Isaiah who, and, and this came from him, so I'm not, you know, sharing somebody else's secret business. They they did go back, but between the time that they got back and the race started, there was a death in Taylor's family and they went to go be with the family. So Aww. that, you know, was the right thing for them to do. And so they didn't stay and they went home. And so to replace the four teens that are gone, we got Michael and Mo, the singing cops are back. And Natalia and Arun, who were just gone. And who had to wait 19 months or 18, call it, months to find out they were getting to go back, get to go back, which is fantastic. And so this we start the race now with seven. What do you think about it? Uh, I know you have some feelings. I was happy to see uh, Natalie in the room back, but I mean, I wasn't too hyped to see Mike and Mo back. Um, And the little bit of hypeness that I had for them went out the window five minutes in to <laughs> the race. Okay. This time around or the first time around? Uh, this time around. I said to this on the first time that we talked about this season Amazing Race, okay? If y'all have uh, an 18-month break, come back better or don't come back at all. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. Okay. You'll say more when we get to more, right? Of course. Say more. Okay. So Phil talks to everyone, which I thought was kind of cool. I asked everyone how they feel about coming back. Everyone welcomes the two returning teams with open arms. Ryan makes a joke about lockdown and how it was like he's <laughs> used to it. And so good that we can joke about the prison. Um, the flight attendants lost their jobs. So this is this is 
important to them. The twins lost their grandmother to COVID. So we get to hear a little bit of the backstory and a little bit of like the newfound reason why people are doing this. And Ken and Kim need to finish what they started to show their kids they could do it. And we're off in Switzerland um, with the start line they didn't get before, which makes me very happy because that for me, other than obviously the finish line, is that moment that you remember more than anything else where Phil raises his eyebrow and says the world is waiting and, and go. So they have to go running through the streets of Switzerland and find this museum with three buses waiting out front. But I mean, all the buses travel together. So unless one of the buses broke down, it wouldn't have really made a difference. I didn't understand that. So some buses could take two. Some buses could take three. Now, we're like, I'm assuming the first bus would just leave first. So that was the advantage to getting there. But I was just like, this whole episode, I felt like they need to work out the transportation situation because I feel like any of the group transportation, it's all together. Yes, I actually thought the buses were going to be spaced out a little bit more. And maybe they were and we didn't see it. But we had buses, like private buses like this in Italy. And it was like a two hour bus ride. And there were like, I don't know, three teams on each bus at that point because there were six of us. But one bus left significantly before the other one. So at least there was a reason behind getting on two buses here. At the end of the trip, you could see that the three buses were literally right right in front of and behind each other. And they had to get on this cable car, this gondola up 8,000 feet into the air and every team was on the same gondola. So there's really no, there was no, you know, benefit to being on bus one versus bus three. But again, if something had happened to one of the buses, I guess that's where the the benefit would have been. Right. And being as though that the gondola is like 15 to 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that would have been your difference. So we get to the top of this 8,000 foot. First of all, I think this task was so cool. For so many reasons. But we get to the top of this 8,000 foot peak. We find out Sherry doesn't like heights. Neither does Akbar. But she's like shaking. Mm-hmm. And one of the twins on the gondola is like, are you okay? Are you she's okay? trying to calm her down. I appreciate that. So you so you know she's going to end up doing something with heights. Because that's how editing works. So Dusty and Ryan have taken this 19 months. They did do what you said, Bryce. Listen. They took this time to buff up. Ryan, let me rub on your calves. Okay. They're huge. Yeah, they they were kind of like freakishly big a little bit. That was kind of like, ugh. But uh, yeah, Dustin and Ryan ain't come to play. And also who I think took this time off to get themselves better was Lulu and Lala. Yeah. Okay, because they were a well-oiled machine. Yeah, there was none of that bickering. Yeah, there was none of that from from before. And maybe it was because they were doing a bit better than, and maybe the bickering happens like when they're in the back. But um. Yeah, they were doing great. I also think one of the people who did something that was was great was uh, Raquel. Her and Kayla were talking. Raquel said she learned how to drive stick shift. She's like prepared to show off her skills. She's ready to do it. So anyway, um, everyone's on the same cable car up. Sherry hates heights. And the roadblock here is who wants Mm. to take in the view. This roadblock was hella cool. Like apparently there's a point in Switzerland where you can see six countries at the same time. From the top of this mountain, you can see Austria, Italy, Switzerland, Germany, France, Liechtenstein, because of course, and I want to go there. Like, that's so cool. You could basically be in six places at once. And I like that. This is my type of roadblock. I would have killed this. Yeah, you're a runner. You would have really liked it. And I like heights. It wouldn't have bothered me, but for the fact that I have a feeling it was much harder to breathe than than people were right. That that would be my issue. It probably is like the breathing, but no, you're strapped onto the little thing. So listen, all you listen, I would have been, I would have been right there with Ryan. Mm -hmm. There's nothing. You're not going to get hurt. I mean, you are strapped in. You just have to get over the mental part of. And there's somebody behind you holding the rope. 
Right. I that's right. who I felt bad for was the people behind them holding the rope because the, the guy that got Ryan slowly yeah right well, no for the people going fast <laughs> like people like Ryan and Penn uh like how you know the guy behind you don't need a little break what if he not like you know that's what I was feeling bad for were the people behind them holding the rope and it looked like they also dubbed as the cameraman because they had like a camera on the top of their head so mm-hmm. uh that's like the image that you could see I would hope that the people who live there who are the guides for this mountain trek are better at it than the amazing racers who've never done it before so that they don't need a break. But you never know. Ryan was flying. Penn started passing people. Yes. You know, this, I mean, Raquel is loving it. She's so confident in herself. I love her attitude. Arun did well. Um, but after he got the clue, he seemed very confused on where to turn next and to like that he had to turn around and go back. They're like, up. you got to go back. He's like, what? I don't. Okay, fine. Uh, Lulu did great. Oh, yeah, Lulu uh, did. Sh- yes. Whoever she did was it, killing sorry, it. Did great. And then Mo, they hardly show him, but I do like that when he passed Sherry, like everyone who passed Sherry gave her like a little pet talk. And, was really one, nice. and she's a hero. Yeah, no. Volunteering to do for, listen, first of all, Ryan was running. Everyone else had a light jog. Okay. Sherry was shaking and walking. Uh, like literally but not like stopping, like not stopping to the point of like, we're talking about there was, you had to clamp on into a rope and then like at, at maybe every hundred feet you had to like release your clamp uh, and then put it on the other side of the clamp and go and mm-hmm. there are people behind you holding a rope it seemed that like the rope people were like behind everyone with Sherry it seemed like the rope person wasn't even holding the rope he was just giving her support and at one point when Penn, because Penn was in the herd, like Lala was in front of Penn, Arun was in front of Penn, and somebody else was in front of him. And on the turn back, Penn was like, I'm going to just run. Because once you get locked onto them little like cha-ching cords, I don't think that you can pass somebody. If like, you know what I mean? Because it's a safety thing. But when Penn got to Sherry, I thought he was going to give Sherry his clue and go back and get a clue. Oh, no. I mean... That would have been some kind of that. That would have been very, very nice. (laughs) But that might have been too nice. Kim would have kicked his butt. uh, Right. But I mean, listen, they all would. He still would have been on the same card as everybody else. Because listen, Ryan got done first and they missed the card. First of all, why is y'all stopping? Like this might mess you up in Amazing Race. But if I just get back. Okay, we got the thing. Listen, go get my bags and meet me at the Tundra. <laughs> like we we gotta go I mean, down. You're right. Every second does count. The only time you have to stand still is to rip the clue open and read it. Right, and we could do that on the Tundra. That I mean, that's yeah. That, I I agree. Don't. Why are you walking and waiting? Like get there. That was yes. That was my thing. Um, because Ryan and Dusty literally get to the Tundra and it is leaving. They could have been like in first first, but now because it takes fifteen to thirty minutes, practically everybody's going to be back, and everybody was back. Now this is the thing about well, Akbar everybody. <laughs> that kind of like you know good brother. So one, we said when Sherry was on the, the Tundra, she was shaking like, you know, Lulu or Lala literally had to turn to her and say, are you OK? Not Akbar, but Lulu and Lala. So then, you know, Sherry says she's going to do it because Akbar too big. Yeah, uh, and that might be true. There have been a handful of tasks, but the cl- but the clue has said there were a couple. There were a pair of globetrotters that were on a season and there was a clue that said this person could not do this task. He, he maxed out the weight limit. I don't but, think the clue said that. Yeah, no. And and Akbar could have been just fine. But again, th- this is the thing that somewhat annoys me about Akbar is that you got all of this. Come on, Sherry. You could do it. But where are you at right here? 
Why don't you say, let me do it? Because you almost passed out. And then what pissed me off was Akbar was so negative. Oh, we're going to be a last day. Oh, we're going to have to mix up. Oh, oh, oh. All of that, right? Okay. Shout, Sherry is struggling. Then a storm, a, a cloud is coming in and it's a whiteout. He can't even see Sherry no more. However, she completes the task. Okay. Shout out to you, Sherry. But yes. when she gets back, this is what annoyed me about Akbar. Like it wasn't even a, like a, you did it, baby. Like, you know, he didn't like, there was no congratulations. It was like, Oh, we got to make up this time. Um, excuse me, Akbar. I might've been, and we didn't see it. His body language said it all. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think she would have appreciated like a, a little more cheerleader. Hurrah. Right. But I just don't know that that's, that's how he, well, he he needs to learn. Yeah, yeah. Cause anyway, yes. No, no, so now we gonna stay here. <laughs> okay, let's stay here. Ain't nobody wanna get <laughs> continue to get beat down like that verbally. Like that ain't gonna work for me, Akbar. And I know you are like I know what you demand, but no, that was pissing me off. If if that were like me and Wendell, if that were me and you, and you like took all that long. Now, mind you, I'm gonna cuss you the hell out while you were out there. Okay, y'all gonna get some footage of me being like. I can't believe I let Brooke do this. What the hell was I thinking? Oh, she's going to make us lose. But the second that you got back. Yeah, you're not going to say that to my face. I've been you're like, all right, me we still in it. Like you did it. You like you conquered it. Like, you know, F the race. You conquered it. Let's go. Like, you know, I just didn't get that energy from him. But OK. All right. And then he'll tell me after the fact you say, but we watch when you watch. This oh, I'll be like, all right, girl, listen, when we watch it, I was a little mad. OK, I saw the storm coming in. You was doing a little slow. I seen you walk baking faster. You know that that's a key key for later. But like, I just felt like his energy again was so demeaning. And it's like, well, you should have took the lead. You saw her almost pass out on the tundra. Yeah, and I will say the the only rule with the roadblock is once one person says they're going to do it, once you open that clue, you cannot change your mind. So you saw him at the top of the mountain be like, I should have done this one. I should have done this one. But you know what? Then you should speak up because once she opened that clue, you couldn't have done it. And so, I, I, yeah, I think you should speak up more. I think there was a, a better solution here. But I got to say, Sherry stayed positive the whole time. She never got down on herself. She always kept, she moved slowly, but she always kept she moving kept forward. Moving. And I, I personally, as someone who moved slowly, appreciate that. So can, can we move on from it now? Okay. So okay. then now let me just get to the other part. Then, okay. uh, then you can take it back. No, so Ryan and Dusty, they wait and everybody's on the tundra of Bush, Sherry and Akbar. Okay. So then they get to the cars and this is where I literally wrote Brooke is going to be pissed. Uh, they're oh, in God. automatic. Oh, how cruel. How cruel to do this to people. You know, people like learned. You have Raquel who is psyched because she learned and then to put them all in automatic cars. I laughed. I thought it was very, very funny that this is what the race did to them, probably because they didn't want to spend the money to fix all the cars that where the gears are stripped. Right. They spent all this money on a private plane, getting everybody from location to location. To location. Because now that's how they travel. But the shocking part was after they got in the cars, Chow, Mike and Mo was in first place. And they said, you know, we never had this feeling before. And I'm thinking, you're never going to have this feeling again. This is, this is a rarity for yeah, you. Uh, and Again, for me, another thing that I peeped about Mike and Mo, because I, you know, at I had time four o'clock in the morning. Um, it seemed that like um people like Kim and Penn 
Kim is a very good navigational person. She had to map out great. Mm-hmm. Natalia and Arun, Natalia like is really good with the map and Raquel and Kayla. Uh-huh. They do. But at least they're like they are somewhat like with the map. It just yeah. seemed like Mike and Mo, they don't even like use utilize the map. They're like, oh, let's pull into this bakery and get directions. Like, uh, look at the map. I was a big proponent of getting directions a lot personally. No, I I mad. Listen, so I'm a well-traveled person myself and I am, I go on like trips, like, and one of my friends that I go on trips with, like, uh, his name is Travis, always to Europe. And the one thing that I love about going on trips with my friend is that he, um, he's so particular and unique in the sense of like, when we go to these European cities, like he will like say like, oh, I want to see this castle. Oh, I want to see this river. Oh, I want to see this place that has lilies. Oh, you know, when we were in, uh, Sweden, like they were like, in the city, it, it's almost like a maze, but there were like, you know, these a row of like colored houses. Uh-huh. And what always surprises me is that, and mind you, and like he'll be mad at me for telling this story, but oh well, like, you know, he's not directionally challenged, but for me, like I, my sense of direction is impeccable. And that's something I never knew about myself. Like there was one time we were in Sweden, we were looking for like this like row of houses and we were looking, and mind you, it's in the city square, but like this, the cities are like cobblestone. You make a left, you make a right, you make a left. And like, you know, he's looking on the map and you know, I'm just like, after we just literally just went in the square, I'm like, okay, well, let's try this out. Let's go down this alley, make a left, make a right. And like, boom, we're there. And I can always get back to where we've come from. Um, Just like, am I, I don't know. It's just something that I'm really great at. Or I can look at a map and like say like, okay, I can just something that I did not think I would be good at, did not know I'm good at, but in these situations, I really surprised myself. So I just, for Mike and Mo, I'm like, y'all not even taking time to look at the map because it's actually like not that hard. Okay, that that's my Mike and Mo rant. Okay. You should definitely be on this show. If you have that skill where you can find your way back to where you came from without needing to look at a map, like that is, that is a rare skill. So I'm, I Survivor was good for you, but maybe you make the hop over. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, but it really is weird though. Like, and sometimes like we'll go on two hour treks in the city and like to get to child and like he likes bakeries. And so like he'll map out a bakery for us to go every morning just for him to like Instagram his coffee. But listen, that's his thing. And I love it. And we travel well together, but it's like, I always can like get back it's like the weirdest thing i don't know what it is but i never realized it until like i started traveling to europe so i mean you know i mean listen hey amazing race you know phil said if you interested apply online we know people i'll send you we can send your information right in um okay so everyone's driving i'm praying somebody's car breaks down because akbar and sherry are still back on the mountain but whose car because all of these teams are great like whose car do i even want to break down little side note they went to the clue box and they had a choice on a detour. There was an extra task. It wasn't aired that apparently only uh, Natalia and Arun and Mike and Mo had to do. I don't know how much time it took. I don't know if that's what made the difference in this leg, but there was a task, something with these huge, like they looked like huge cabbages, like in a field. I don't even know. I don't know the details. So wait, they picked that and it didn't work. And so they had them do the other one. No, no, no. It was an additional task. Kind of like, 
like a speed bump, a little something for the two eliminated teams had to do. It probably wasn't exciting. It probably didn't look great. They just didn't air it. That also can maybe add why they were the two last teams. Yes, not I that think the- so too. Mm. So everybody drives into the town. They find this clue box. This detour is called punch it or toss it. So I'm punching it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you would have done. I, yeah. Uh, for sure. I, I, for sure. And knowing that tad bit, I know it would have been faster than them, but continue. So in Punch It, you had to make like a belt, like fancy, by putting ornaments on it uh, with these hand tools, like these leather making hand yes. tools, and they had to be in the right order and in the right direction. The only two teams that did this were Mike and Bo and Arun and Natalia. Now, I personally would have done the other one. But that's just the like the theater major in me and the I was dance teamy in college and stuff. So that that would have been what I liked. And toss it, it was this like flag choreographed tossing with this color guard type yeah, of exactly. Yes, like a color guard thing. Exactly. So the teams that do punch it are you know what? Forget that. The teams that do toss it. We have, you know, Dusty and Ryan, um Kim and Penn. And Kim, right. Lulu and Lala, Raquel and Kayla. And ultimately, Sharon Armbar. So, <laughs> when they def- finally get yeah, when there. they finally get there. But when they do finally get there, they see the last team leaving. So it puts a little pep in their step. Yeah, I'm thinking like they made the right choice because had they gone to the other side of the detour, I think things would have ended differently. Dusty and Ryan and Penn and Kim are now working together as a team of four because Dusty and Ryan like to work with somebody else. And at one point, they think about switching. <laughs> well, they do, and I, I don't think that's a problem. It's not me, like, throwing shade at them. I think it's okay. Come on, Caliente, uh, Kim, hi. I think that's okay. I, I mean, that at girl. some it's point, right. they're going to have to work by it's, themselves. But Akbar is all right. It's oh, all right. Oh, oh, take it back. It's so, all right. <laughs> so, Dusty and Ryan, at one point, think about switching, and I start yelling at my screen, going, no, that's the dumbest thing you can do. Right. Like you said, you don't know where the other one is. You don't know how long that's going to take you. And they weren't doing horribly. It wasn't right. Y'all have, you have the routine. You just right. got to do it three more times. And then they ended up getting it right on their first try. Everyone's I, getting it right. Like it's, it seems make them harder. No, I, no, harder. that flag thing was harder. I just think that that like, I, I think it's a, a matter of when you first see it, it's like, oh my God, am I going to be able to do this? But mm-hmm. also shout out to Lulu and Lala because they yeah. killed that challenge too. Fantastic. They went they came in, they left third, Raquel and Kayla leave fourth, but everyone has a good attitude about it. The only person who had any problem at all really was Kim, and it wasn't even so bad. Her arm was just tired from practicing so much because that flag was bigger than she was. And so it was just a matter of the arm strength. But the flag side, the toss it side, I think was just a much, much faster option because if you were somewhat coordinated, then you sort of flew through it pretty quickly. There were lots of first try yeses. And on the other side... With the fancy belt. First of all, I would have wanted to keep the belt. Like once they would have gave me the clue, I would have been taking the belt with me because the belt was kind of cute. Okay. I mean, maybe you could have. We had a a task in it was a roadblock, but in Venice where we had to make these masks. And Floyd in my season kept his mask. They didn't take it from him. He ran around the with it in his backpack for the remainder of the race, which I don't know how he it didn't break, but he got to keep it. Y'all would have seen me with the belt on uh, running yeah. around the race. Now, let me get to my tongue lashing. Okay. 
Okay, so the belts uh, were signified by farmers. They had like little jewels on them. And the more jewels you had on them meant the more wealthier of a farmer that you were. So it had like a little uh, a pig, a son, a lamb, and you had to tell a story. And so like you read the story and that's how, you know, the order to put the belt in. Okay, so (sighs) a belt, right? Okay, you think of like, there's two ends to the belt. There's the buckle and then there's the end, right? <laughs> so let, let's let like all say it together when you have a belt, right? You there is the, the, the front part, side. the buckle, right? Followed by it's one rope down and there's the end. Right. So you have to put these bedazzle pieces in order and shout you know natalie and arun they get it boom 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 mike and mother mo struggle to think about which direction to put it in because they're like well i mean you can start from the back and get to the front like what well here's my gripe with it is there was a sample belt and if you look at the sample belt wouldn't you be able to tell i know the story was different but by the way, like whether something's upside down or not, which side is the start, or like it, you said, the buckle, or just, the end, which is the end. Like the end of right. the belt. Right. The end. The end. Common sense is not so common. It is Listen, legit. and not not two times around. Like y'all are <laughs> legitimately making the same mistake y'all made the first time. And it is frustrating because halfway through, Mike is like, Well, what are they doing? Then Mo looks over there. He's like, oh, they're doing it the opposite way of us. So one of us is going to be right and one of us is going to be wrong. Um, My money is on Arun and Natalie are going to be right. I mean, and they were. So, 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 okay. So let's jump back. So Sherry and Akbar get to the shoes toss and I'm cheering because that's clearly the right choice here. And they show up as everyone is leaving and it looks bad for them. But there, I actually think that they had a really good attitude during this detour because they weren't hard on themselves. They were like trying to laugh through it as they go. And I want someone's car to break down again. But at this point, everyone's checked in except so we have Ryan and Dusty who check in. They win 2,500 bucks each. Great. Ken and Kim, Raquel and Kayla, and Lulu and Lala, who check in and talk about girl power, which I'm all for. And if an all-female team wins, I will be safe. And then you have three choices here. So you have Arun and Natalia, who finished the belt. But let's guess what happened to them. Arun needs to stop driving. Okay. Natalia needs to drive. And it's an automatic car. So even if she can't drive stick, like she should be able to drive here. And even when Arun be driving, he he, he just drives like a dad. Like on well, the last leg, <laughs> I mean, but like he drive like that dad though. Like you know, on the last leg, she like, dad, you got to get over the exit to the right. He's like, oh, okay, get over. Yeah, it's not your car. Like, ding it up. Who cares? <laughs> He's like, I couldn't get over. Yeah, because I told you two minutes ago. <sighs> okay, but I don't anyway, condone, I don't condone reckless driving. I want to just further. No, I but I, what I he had ample amount. No, of No, he had ample over. time. Okay. I sat here going ding up the car. I don't condone reckless driving. And he should have gotten over. Yes. Right. And yeah. I also feel like he doesn't let Natalia drive. Like, I feel like he's like, I'm oh, the dad, I'm going to drive. So? Oh, you think so? Maybe yes. that is true. Maybe that's the case. Because I just what they agree like, on. Maybe you know, he can't like, map. Yeah. Because Natalia is good at the directions, though. Like, but I mean, she, you can only be so good if the driver listens. Yeah, that's true. So they've gone completely the wrong way. Then you have Mike and Mo, who Child. are also lost. But I, I'm, okay, fine, fine. No, go ahead. 
And oh. then you have Sherry and Akbar who are doing the flags, and I'm hoping they stay. But I'm thinking at this point, like, okay, so editing has to try and make this look somewhat close. Like, they're obviously very far behind. I'm thinking that the other two teams have checked in, and they just haven't shown us that yet because they want to make it look close. But no. No. Sherry and Akbar finish oh. the flags, and they get to the mat. And in a running gag that I think is becoming hilarious, Phil just loves effing with them. Like, yes. he's, you know, Akbar, like, oh, you just came back. And, and you know, it's really hard for the last place team after we've just had such a long break. And Akbar's like, they're, you can see they're just, they're trying not to cry and they're trying to stay positive, but they know their number's up until Phil goes, and it will be really hard for whoever that last place team is. And, and they're just, they start, cr- I think this is I hope Sherry and Akbar are always like second to last and never go home because I just think this is so funny that Phil likes messing with them so much. And they're fifth. They jump over two teams because they made the right decisions and they didn't give up. And I'm a big supporter of them. Yes, 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 yes. I was so happy with them. I was like, oh my God, y'all did it. Now back to Mike and Mo. Mm. Okay. Team to hold a record for going home twice on the same season. So. They get in the car and they get turned around and get back at the checkpoint. I know. I'm like, y'all not following the map. And then, of course, what do they do? Stop at a bakery and ask for directions. Okay. That was just frustrating to me. Um, And then Natalia in the room got a little lost, too. Mm-hmm. So the editing makes it seem like I'm like, oh, could Mike? Like, I'm like, oh, not the two last teams still in the back. But given that T that you just gave us, that just makes a little bit more sense. I feel like they almost kind of like wanted one of them teams to go home. Like, you know, y'all. Yeah, we got to just put it, make it difficult for y'all. Like we can't have the people that. So I get that, but I don't know what the task was. I don't know how long it took. I, I this is just more hearsay than anything else. But I will say I do appreciate that if there was this additional task, and there was definitely something with a huge lettuce looking ball. There was definitely something, and I appreciate that the teams would have had to do. There should have been some reason, some some bump, some something that these teams had to complete. I wish they'd shown it because I think it would have made things more interesting. But I think if the belt competition might have been a little bit more closer, maybe mm-hmm. they would have showed it. But I think the the belt gave what it was supposed to give. Yeah, I agree. And so Mike and Mo, you know, walk off into the sunset again. They say that this loss doesn't sting as hard. I or, bet. That's, I don't know how that's possible. Like, I, well, when you do the same, like, I like, and don't get me wrong, I love the brothers, okay? Y'all, I, I think y'all, they're great. Uh, y'all are funny, y'all very can talented. sing, very, very talented. talented, y'all are funny to watch, but like, did y'all do anything? Like, they tried. I, did they y'all tried. prepare? Like, because it just seemed like y'all were just ill-equipped for the amazing race. But, I mean, I loved it because I was literally like 5.30 in the morning screaming at my TV <laughs> at them. Like, that belt thing took me out. Uh, but it was sad to see them go. But I low-key wasn't that sad because of the Italian maroon stage. So I was like, yes. I just wanted Sherry and Akbar to still be in it. Like, oh, yeah. when the yeah. editing showed that they were fifth, I, I, I applaud the editors for this. The casting, I already applaud you because this cast is fantastic. But I... I'm so used to the amazing race making things look close that aren't close. And so I really, really appreciate that this was edited in such a way that I was so pleased with the fact that Sherry and Akbar were still in it. Because the beginning of this episode, you thought, well, they were out and this is what it is and there's going to be no excitement. But no, I was excited. Yeah. And uh, my winner picks are shifting, but my my teams are Kim and Penn, Mm -hmm. Raquel and Kayla, 
and Lala and Lulu. Ryan and Dusty, they're too sharp. Too sharp. Like, and I mean, who knows? They might be in the final three, but like, they're too sharp right now. And I feel like it's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's somebody from the middle of the, the pack. I agree because I think that there will be a U-turn at some point. And if, if everybody on this season doesn't U-turn Ryan and Dusty, then they don't deserve to win this game. Like, they need to be stopped. Kim and Penn, maybe, too. They're consistently at the top. No, I, yeah. I think Kim and Penn, and I really like Raquel and Kayla, that I would pick those two to be to be in the final two as well. Yeah. Two also. And you you never know. Akbar and Sherry could do something. And Arun and Natalia. Arun and Natalia could come back with it. I mean, it's anything. Anything is possible. Okay, so just, next week. Just not for like, Mike and Mo. Yeah, no, not anymore. I mean, I don't think they get a third chance. You got your second chance. You tried. So, but but again, we love you. Yes, and yes. I've been watching Mo sing on Instagram. He's very talented. I, I haven't seen Mike sing, but I'm sure he's also, I heard him on TV. He's very talented. So next week, it looks like there's an additional heights challenge. Some sort of something on the top of a dam somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you know Sherry's going to do it because people don't learn. But I love them. And I hope that whatever this task is where you can see that she's flipping out, that she nails it and that they end up a little bit higher in the pack next week. Yes. I'm, a fan. I'm excited. I'm invested in these uh good these characters. I don't think like last season when we watched, I don't think I was invested in enough of the characters, but like I feel like at this point in time, if any one of these people went home, I like I, I'm I, I I'm feeling some type feeling. of way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that. it is uh I feel like it's going to be interesting and, and heart-wrenching. So like I'm in it. I'm in in Yeah, in it. I don't think any of these people are bland. Like I yeah. even even the people that like I have my favorites. Like if Raquel and Kayla go home, I think I'm actually gonna be very sad. But like I have my favorites, but even the ones who I wouldn't say like are my favorites, I still they have a compelling reason that I don't want them to leave. I think they right. should just be like six winners and <laughs> they should split the money and that should be the end of it. Well, it'll be interesting because I feel like this season will be a very tight race on I Amazing agree. Race. And I feel like it's really going to I mean, it's really going to just depend on each episode. Like, it's literally going to depend on like each. What the like? How, the I mean, right? Uh-huh. And I, I guess that's the game. The name of the well, game. No, but, but you know, there are some people who are good at everything. But you can see it here. Like when it's singing or dancing, Kim and Penn are jumping right to the top. Like when it's something. When it's when something it's physical, Ryan and exactly. Dusty is right on it. You know. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm interested. So Yes. Well, thank you as always, Brookie Poo, for keeping us covered. Okay. And we'll be back next week with your amazing race and Brookie Poo. Thank you. Bye. Bob's got a message. Bob's got a message. Bob's got a message This is Miss Barb, and today I want to talk about beginning again. Begin each day with a practice of centering your heart and soul. Do not rush into the obligations of the day without calming your spirit first. Remember that before everything else, every appointment, every obligation, every task, 
you are worthy of feeling peace and calm within your soul first. Whether it is through a few quiet moments of meditation or a small walk outside, begin each day with a peaceful heart and a calm spirit. Find what brings you overwhelming peace and honor your soul by gifting it to yourself before the day ahead. No matter what happened yesterday, no matter what storms or sunshine you held, begin again by grounding yourself in the present moment. Begin again with love and gratitude for yesterday, for the memories of the bright sun, or for the lessons from the storm. Begin again, knowing today is full of new possibilities and new opportunities. Begin again, welcoming new joys and new ways to love with each new sunrise. Begin again with a peaceful heart and a calm spirit. Love you. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the... Freak of the week. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be. And we're on to this week's Freak of the Week. Oof, it seems that 2022 is 2022-ing, and it seems that we continue to lose these great icons and legends. And last week, the fashion world truly lost a trailblazer in just a fashion icon, Andre Leon Talley. As a young boy growing up in the segregated South America, Andre dreamed of living a glamorous life like the ones illustrated from the pages in Vogue. Andre was the first and only creative director of Vogue from 1988 to 1995 before becoming the editor at large at Vogue. He also authored two memoirs and was a fixture at fashion shows, Studio 54 and the Met Gala. Andre was just so amazing. You know, me at a younger age, I wasn't necessarily like into fashion like that, but I definitely knew who Andre was. I seen him on shows like Project One Runway, seen him with Tyra, Naomi Campbell. And, you know, just for him to only be 73, that's really young. When you think about the standards of today, um, it's definitely a huge loss. I think as a gay black man, looking up to somebody like that to have a career and to have so much respect from like every community in the world, it's definitely a loss. However, you know, so that's a, a, what I always say is so important to give people their flowers while they're here. And I definitely believe that Andre received his flowers. He definitely will be missed. And you know how I honor people here. Andre is is definitely the freak of the week. If Andre Leon Talley is the freak of the week, that means we are coming to an end of another amazing episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for always supporting your baby boy. Make sure you go over there to the YouTube. Okay, and check out that OnlyFans review of Michael Yerger. 
If you have not already, please make sure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. We're there. Okay, hit subscribe button. Give your baby boy some five stars. Write a review. And don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to make sure that you purge this week. Because it's a, it's a, it's a. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.